Please welcome the Musicians Roundtable. Thank you guys for showing up, and thanks for those who are on Facebook uh, for tuning in. We've got the live stream going. Thank you to 502 Bar for having us out. My name is Mario Zamron. I am the host of 210 Local Media Podcast. You can pretty much Google that, and the whole page, yeah, that's us. So like everything, share everything. Um, it would be awesome if you did. Uh, Pretty much, I start off every episode exactly the same way as far as interviews go, and these guys are old hat at that. I want to we start off with intros, and we've got a, hopefully a third speaker who's going to be making it here momentarily, uh, but we'll start uh, with Patrick, and we'll move in, and maybe the third one will be here when we get to him. So, Patrick, who are you, and what do you do? My name is Patrick Farrell. I um, play in a project called Built for the Future. It's a progressive rock probably the only progressive rock act in all of San Antonio, um, a progressive rock duo in the studio, and then we're forming a live band to take the album out, so we're headed out soon. Very awesome, very awesome, and next. Hi, uh, my name is Daniel Magallanes, uh, also known as D-Mags to a lot of folks around the area, uh, playing a, drums in a band called Blackbird Sing, uh, just recently released. Uh, this past Cinco de Mayo, our latest release called Cinco, actually, we're a Americana, Texacana band uh, here from San Antonio. All right. Our third speaker isn't here yet, uh, but uh, I'll let him introduce himself when he does get here. Uh, first, I want to start off with how does, it, how does it work being a local band in San Antonio? Like, is what's, what were the difficulties? What was easy? What was good? What was the good, bad, and the ugly? Let's do it that way. Well, we started, Kenny, I played with Kenny Bissett, um, who was in a band called Felt None back in the 80s. Um, I was in a band called Sage, and so that was our primary heyday playing live, and we've turned into a studio act since then and just teamed up. Um, but, you know, in the day, it was pretty active. St. Mary Street was pretty, a pretty fun place to be. Joseph's Food Liner yeah. used to be the venue. Um, and so now we're getting back out into the live scene. So the few times we've backed up a couple of other artists, a friend of ours, um, it seems you know, tough to get a crowd. It seems tough. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely true. Daniel, how about your experience with the local scene? Local scene, uh, well, um, coming from uh, the guys in the group that we are currently, Blackbird Sing, uh, come from a punk rock background uh, and rock and roll background, I guess, where some of our lead singer used to be in a band called Die Boy, a local punk rock outfit, uh, poppy punk kind of deal back in the uh, early 90s actually started out then. Uh, I have a, a previous project called Maddox 13 who was in a, like a southern rock kind of punk uh, area. And um, coming up from that, you know, kind of turning around our whole sound, uh, we, we, those projects kind of we get together when we can, I guess. Um, we've been lucky that the, kind of like a lot of the fan base that was built with those bands back in that time, they kind of grew up with us. So mm -hmm. they kind of followed us to our new project. Um, 
coming together as as this project that we that we are with now. Um, I mean, part of it we're family kind of oriented. My yeah. brother is also in the band. I, again, my I, the lead singer is, is my cousin. Uh, the other two guys in the band we've known for 15, 20 years, so they're basically family. Yeah, and uh, we've been able to grow uh, from the, I guess, ashes of our older bands. Um, we've been able to grow and, and uh, bring um, the fan base together for that. Um, that. That part, I'd say, as far as us, uh, the good part of that is that we almost had a, a ready-made crowd to go right. with us. And, well, and, and that's that was, an interesting crossover, too. I mean, to go from the punk scene to Texacana. I mean, that's a really unique kind of a crossover. And yet you guys were able to accomplish it and keep the majority of your fans interested. And they moved with you. They jumped genres with you, essentially. You know, and, and we in that, that, in that respect, I mean, just sheer... Some of it luck. Some of it just um, us being completely humbled by that fact that they wanted to go with what we were doing and we decided to do these other projects. Um, and put this together, it, it kind of just happened for us. We weren't specifically looking to start this band. Uh, my, my cousin who played his other, his other band, he, they finished playing. Uh, in my project, respectively, we uh, started playing less and less and kind of started moving into other uh, areas of, uh, of expertise in a way. Because we mm -hmm. all grew up with, um, I mean, a wide, wide range of music and we kind of just decided to almost start a project that was like our our parents um, our our parents music and something homage to yeah, them in and, a way. And in a way for for us to do that we were really felt really lucky that um, and just incredibly humbled by the fact that they wanted to hear more yeah. of the new project and we were totally stoked that they are yeah. still still with us absolutely and i think that that goes to y'all's success as well i mean we we've talked about success stories with blackbird sing as far as I know, the local scene hasn't been tapped into necessarily. But overseas, you've got something going on right now. Yeah, the kind of music we do, um, for one, I had no intention on really doing anything live when I put the album together. We released an album called Chasing Light. And the kind of music we do, um, I guess, isn't, isn't the most connected to the Texas scene. Um, but it's the kind of music we love to do. So we released the album, and um, I just took a shot and had some connections, made some good friends um, through forums and progressive rock sites and um, being friends with other artists that are out there. And they, gave us, they allowed us some momentum, and the album really took off all over the world, actually. Um, and so we kind of started there, which is kind of a funny thing to say, but we started all over the world. <laughs> I'm proud to say we're pirated in Russia. You know, me and Kenny were excited. <laughs> um, we were torrented in our first day, which was, you know, we felt Very good nice. about that. Um, but we've got invites and people interested in having us play in England and in Europe, kind of a small European tour. But how feasible that is, who knows? We just know that it's nice to be asked. But yeah. we kind of started that way, and now we're trying to focus on um, having a connection locally now, right. um, which is... So because of the genre, um, you know, it'll be interesting. It's alternative, you know. I say progressive rock, but you it's know, kind of crossover. Product, yeah, it's right? like Rush, Tears for Fears, The Fix, that kind of stuff. So yeah. stuff yeah. we grew up with. Not my and, parents. And stuff that my you... parents were like listening to <laughs> to um, sticks and stones, you know, banging on rocks. But um, but it's that kind of influence. So yeah. So now we've we've 
kind of dived into the difficulties a little bit. I mean, some more success overseas specifically, but locally the scene so far for you guys is untapped until you get that live aspect going. Once you get that going, um, I think one of the things is getting people to show up, which I kind of wanted to, to sidestep a little bit and say thank you all for showing up, those of you who are here on purpose. I know that we have 502 regulars. 502 is known for having its regulars, so we appreciate you guys being here as well. But for those who made the effort to come out, uh, I think it starts with you guys. It starts with the audience. It starts with fans coming out and seeing shows. We talked about the difficulties in, in having people show up at shows, and I think that's one of the things is we have to tackle that. That's one of the, that's one of the gripes that we'll put on the gripe list. Um, so kind of starting into the what's broken, because it has to be addressed, and it's something that we, once we address it, we can probably come up with ways to fix it. Uh, so, Patrick, some of the things that you were saying, you made contacts, you made connections, that helped work overseas. I think that's something that maybe bands have an issue with locally is getting through maybe the social media noise uh, of all the bands, all the very talented bands here in San Antonio, all fighting for their spot, it, whether it be in the scene or whether it be in somebody's ears listening to streaming on like Apple Music or you're, you're streaming on iTunes, right? Yeah, we're, we're on everything, Spotify, Spotify iTunes, Amazon. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the advantages we have, Kenny and I, um, is that we're old farts. And so our genre, I kind of liken it to being Star Trek nerds. So we're, we go to the Star Trek convention, everybody likes what we're doing, right? So um, if, we were, if we were competing with, you know, 18 to 25-year-old pop, you know, or, or folks that are doing much more... Um, on target to contemporary stuff, I think it'd probably be tougher. But because we're kind of genre specific, uh, we got into a kind of a club because people love that music and embrace it. Yeah. And, and it spread all over the place. We got invited to play on an album by a band called Fractal Mirror in mm -hmm. the Netherlands. So we guest vocaled and sent bass tracks. And you know we became nice. friends with them. We're doing a project with them and another band and a guy up in um, Philadelphia who's in a um, pretty hefty progressive rock band. <clears throat> um, Billy Sherwood, who plays bass for Yes, mixed one of our songs, and so yeah. that whole network is kind of you know nerdy. So we're fortunate that we're old farts and nerdy, and we're just kind of in our little corner. You know, if we were competing with um, pop stars, I think I probably wouldn't be here. I'd be eating wings next door instead of here. <laughs> yeah, I smelled those earlier. Somebody yeah. had those wings. That's what I'm gonna eat afterwards. And I, you tapped into something else uh, with that. The idea that you have that community. And that's what we're trying to grow and foster in San Antonio. And I think one of the things that you have going for Built for the Future, for example, is that niche. You have your niche group of people that you play to. They're your fans. They're your tar target audience. You're not striving to be in every single person's car. You're just targeting those people. Another good example of that is your Facebook. You don't have a Facebook page, fan page, right? It's still just a community page. Yeah, I get a lot of flack for that, but I just stuck to the normal group just because, for one, I started it um, as a communication for Kenny and I and the guitar player um, who guests. He's in Austin, and we, you know, just to talk about the album. Mm -hmm. And as things grew, people would join and follow us and. And now, you know, and it's not humongous by any means. It's probably That's about 400, 400 members or so, but it's all organic in my yeah. sense. It's not um, click-oriented, and, mm -hmm. you know, it just feels like it's, you know, just a, a room full of people that are interested in what we're doing. So I, 
I've, I get advice all the time to go to the band page, but um, I've held out so far. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, and it's, and it's worked. And that's the thing. And then other bands go for the fan page. They go for the Instagram, the, the Twitter. I know Blackbird Sing, you guys have... You're, you guys are everywhere as well. Your music is on streamable, and you're, you've got Facebook going, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Is there a Snapchat for you yeah, guys yet? There's not a Snapchat yet. I don't, I, at least I don't think. I mean, somebody started that without my knowledge. I, that's cool. Uh, we have, we have a Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have also our BlackbirdScene.com that, we've, uh, that connects all those avenues together. So they go to our 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 dot com and they can connect to everything else that we have going on. Um, Has that been helpful? I think that? so. I think for the and honestly for the um, for the people that we find um, visit our pages and go to our music, they they connect through other bands sometimes by mm-hmm. the hashtags and and oh yeah and, and you know they they if you like this band, you might like this band, kind of happens, you know, and that happens when it's on iTunes, when it's on Spotify and all that, which we're a part of, and, and glad to have that um, window of opportunity, you know, with those different avenues, because there's, I, I guess, willing to say, when we know we can't reach everyone that we would like to reach, and right. um, a lot of it still in our genres is word of mouth in a lot of ways, because, um, I mean, we... We came from uh, growing up as teenagers, and and this very we're cutting stuff, cut and pasting, go to go to Kinkos and making copies and making a flyer Hand and handing those out. Yeah, that's where we came from. And uh, now it's it's moved more to the reach that we have with all those social media outlets. Um, it gets to maybe one a person, and then hopefully that person tells five people mm-hmm. or they might show them a hey you know send them a link to one of our songs right that still in a way is how we feel like we get more out of it is kind of still that word of mouth i mean we hope it reaches this person um but it could reach more with with them saying hey you know i think this band sounds you know something you might like check it out yeah and, and maybe we feel like we've been real lucky with that so far i mean we know that with our other bands our other projects my, my other band um and in, in, uh, for that example, Maddox, we were, we know our target at that mm-hmm. time was, uh, you know, A to B. It was here was these these right. within this area that was you know let's say, fifteen to twenty five was our largest demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's we, your we, niche. We kind of knew, yeah, we kind of knew that because at that time that's how old we were. We were in you know nineteen all the way through about twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, that was. That was who we were, and then we figured the people that listened to us were around the same age and liked the same kind of music, and we were we tried to reach those people, and we felt like we did that yeah. with Blackbird. Um, I guess we feel pretty lucky that we are able to reach a much much larger demographic because we have now we're in our late thirties and early forties. All of us, you know, have. Um, well, myself was he be an exception? Everybody has is married and has kids and families that go to the shows that want mm-hmm. to go to the shows. They have we have our little cousins, little nephews, and they um, they even enjoy the music. And we're happy right. that we have you know seven year olds there at the shows. And we try to make our shows all ages at, at any cost because we know that our families want to be there. Right. Um, and then 
Um, not only that, but their their families obviously a little uh, seven eight year old is not going to go by themselves. They have to bring their parents. Yeah. So we they, we want to bring them in too to and to enjoy the music that we're doing. And then um, you know so we have we we've had shows that have been that were very I guess sometimes surreal when we think of what our our rock shows used to be where there was you know it was at we're starting the show at, at uh, to, we're starting our set at 1 a.m. Yeah. and we're playing hard and fast for 45 minutes and then we're done and um, and these shows we're starting you know seven o'clock eight yeah. o'clock um, and we have people that are seven years old and we've had where somebody who's 95 years old there it, yeah. the the demographic is it's a total is, shift is total shift from it yeah. and and we um, I think we feel like when we're making our music it's obviously something that we love to do mm-hmm. and we would and we would love for it to be something that somebody will connect with and the way that we do that is um really concentrating on our on our songwriting and, and everything that we're right. putting together the package deal yeah you know because we you know if we get offered to do things um we want to be able to either you know make it an event Mm-hmm. For for them as well as you know, make it worthwhile for us. And right. and in that respect, you know, it still goes back to, you know, we're we're trying to reach this one person right here in the front, and then hopefully they'll tell. And from there, they'll they'll it'll grow hopefully that way, and then yeah. they'll tell them, hey, well, if you need information, look them up through this, you know, blackbirdscene.com or whatever it is, and they'll find us. And, and hopefully, it just grows from there. And so I mean, you've got that organic growth. And that hope that that's, I mean, that's the idea. That's the idea for local musicians is get people in, get butts and seats. Well, or standing right in front. That's probably preferred than butts and seats, actually. Um, I'm old. I sit down. Um, but the idea is to get people in, to get them to check you out, and then they'll tell their friends. They'll spread the word. So that organic growth is important. I think that's one of the other things, uh, kind of backtracking a little bit, the whole thing started with a post on Facebook. I know it's kind of a big backtrack, so I apologize. The, uh, there was a post on Facebook that I put out. It was a meme that somebody had made that said, uh, charge somebody some exorbitant amount of money to see a top 40 band, and they'll pay it. Ask them to pay a $10 cover at a local music venue, and they'll, they'll cry and complain, essentially. And that got a lot of response real quick. Uh, talking about the issues because we so far we've talked about some of the positives some of the aspects of having that built-in audience for that genre and i think that's what you're going to end up hopefully experiencing is that there's going to be that target audience when you come out that they're going to be very supportive and that that genre specific thing you're going to have that built-in audience right off the bat that's what i hope um with that being said talking about the whole cover idea uh, you, I believe you had mentioned that there was a violinist that you had seen that, or somebody had played on stage and it was a huge stage, massive lights and nobody Oh was yeah, there. we, we um, actually the band that Kenny and I started to put together um, to kind of get our engines rolling again, we decided to support Gary Davenport. He's a local mm-hmm. singer-songwriter, been around since late 70s. He just did a mannequin show last night, um, kind of oh. a reunion from his album from the early 80s. It was fantastic. Um, and gratefully, there was like 60 people watching him. So that That's felt good. great. That's really good. But um, we backed him up. We decided to be his backing band. So 
you know, Peter, who's the keyboardist for our live setup, and Raul Garcia, who's a, one of the best drummers in San Antonio. Um, and then Kenny played, and I played, and he had a violinist. Gary has his standard violinist. Mm -hmm. And Gary's brilliant. Brilliant songwriter, beautiful album. Um, I thought we sounded fantastic. Yeah. And we did four shows in four cities, and uh, the average attendance was 10 people. And so, mm. um, you know, it, and it, it bugged Gary, and it bugged us, because the presentation, um, right. I mean, it wasn't small little dives. It was places like this. It was nice. Yeah. And the presentation of the music was fantastic. Um, I thought the band was great, you know, and I thought Gary sounded great. And it's just a shame because it's heartbreaking because he put so much work into writing, recording this wonderful album. Mm -hmm. uh, we put energy into presenting it and had it to a level where the product was going to be something to see. Yeah. And, um, and the thing is, part, part of his frustration was he had all kinds of commitments from people saying they'll show up and so that was one of the things we played in New Braunfels um, and beautiful stage in the Phoenix beautiful I mean it was awesome and he you know he had all kinds of promises probably 30 people that he thought were going to show up and yeah nobody showed up you know it's painful yeah and I, I mean I feel that as well like I my company's recently started getting into promotion where we have events at, at venues like uh, Jack's for example uh, we're looking forward to doing some here at 502 we've played had stuff at Limelight and sometimes it's completely hit or miss you'll have the perfect the perfect condition for everybody showing up and you get 100 people 200 people and it's insane and the next night you have a national come in from out of town that has a huge following in another city or another state and they're playing to the other bands, and they're playing to the bar. And as a promoter, the way it works, in case people don't know or are not familiar, the way it works when you put on a show, the money, the bar gives you the money. Say, okay, here's all the cover that was made, or here's a percentage of the bar that was made, whatever the deal was that was worked out. It's up to the promoter to decide how to break it up among the bands. One of the ways they do that is by tabbing up people that have gone into the door I'm here for this band or I'm here for that band. They make a mark, and that kind of lends itself to letting the promoter know who showed up for who. And it's been my experience as a promoter that sometimes the touring band doesn't get very many people. And you still have to be fair to everybody, but at the same time, everybody's put their blood, sweat, and tears, hours of preparation. They've driven across state or across country to be there, and you get to shell out. 60 bucks among four different bands with five members in each band, it's, it can be rough. Um, let me take a break and welcome our other speaker as well. Eddie, you ready to come on up? Yeah, there you go. Magically appears. Nice. Like Musical chairs right here. Edward, welcome to the round table, and thank you very much for, for coming in. I appreciate it. We had an original speaker, Jason Hari, from uh, Hydro Melody, who's extremely sick. So we hope he feels better, and we're glad to have Edward. Uh, Eddie? I let's, started let's start, off let's start by, over. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's start all, all over again. Yeah. Let's start over. Okay. The whole thing. What, what, what do we burn through? Uh, 23 minutes. Let's go ahead and... Redo right. the 23. No, but I started off and uh, I started off with who are you and what do you do? So let's get everybody here and on Facebook familiar with who you are, sir. Okay. Um, my name is Edward Welsh. You can probably call me Eddie. Um, I play in a band called Rumors. Uh, I play bass. Uh, and I'm one of the uh, founding members of uh, Rumors. Absolutely. And how long has Rumors been around for? We've been around since 
about 2011. Okay. So, one of the things that I remember about Rumors when you guys first came on is that it was like a storm. It was a perfect storm. You guys came on the scene and exploded right away. Uh, I remember being at one of y'all's first shows. I believe it was at Jack's. Okay. Uh, and outstanding performance. And th- there was a crowd there. There was a lot of people there for you guys. Oh, and you. I can't remember the rest of the bill. Sorry. But it was a great bill. Um, and it lent itself to the night. What we've been kind of talking about are the pros and cons of the local scene, the the triumphs, the tribulations, the good, okay. the bad, and the ugly. Coming from founding Rumors and starting that pretty fairly recently, what was what were some of the hard things that you guys found as a band, either getting gigs or playing to crowds or, or playing to nobody showing up? Or have you experienced that? Okay, um, I've, we've experienced all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think if you don't experience any any of those things, then um, you're not really. You're not really not not only like are you really not 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 growing, but you're not really um, knowing what it what it truly means to be like in a band, especially when you're um, playing um, like original music. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like par for the course, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the thing that um, you, uh, we have to get used to is that there are no guarantees, um, and uh, you you re- like really you have to make the best of it. Um, because, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, things are not going to live up to your expectations, and um, you have to basically play the same way that you play, whether there's going to be, like, 500 people in front of you, 1,000 people in front of you, or there's going to be 10 people in front of you. Um, I wish was said, like, earlier that, um, you know, chances are they're going to be telling, you know, like, their their friends and so on and so forth. Um what I noticed, uh, I think especially when, like, uh, like when we play, um, there's always an energy from the front all the way to the back. And it has to be because, uh, you know, you want the person like in the back to feel like, wow, you know, even though I'm not up, uh, you know, up, like up close here on stage, I can still feel um, uh, those guys on stage. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, and by giving that feeling that that you're connected, and given that feeling that you know that you belong, mm-hmm. that's gonna t- uh, that's going to spread. That that that'll make everybody you know w- wonder what's going on. And you know, especially um, since we don't have like a lot of uh, local media that's gonna be you know real supportive to us. Um, that's I guess we can. Talk about that later. But yeah, well, that's that's definitely that's definitely <laughs> a know. good topic. I um, mean. But um, uh, you know, but uh, but just keep on um, rolling, and uh, you know, people will tell everybody. You know, and 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 it will build. Uh, it's just it's just some people it takes you know like a while. Some people it's like really quick. Um, but you know, you always have to play the same way, no matter who's in front of you. Absolutely, I think that's a that's a great point. Daniel, you were gonna. Oh no, that's an excellent point. There, I think is is that um, I mean, there's gonna be extenuating circumstances at, for everyone, um, whether it be externally or internally. You know, you're you're as a local band, you're each more than likely you have a, a day job. You know, more than likely you're doing something else to <laughs> yeah. that you do for 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 money. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. what you do on stage is what you do for the love of it. And I think that's where you really gotta. That's where you gotta really be strong, and uh, and and that's where you gotta roll those dice the way they are. You know, I mean, yeah. there's gonna be times where. Um, you're gonna be, you're gonna have a show set up. It might be set up for months in advance, and then the day comes, and it is like you know, like it's been lately. You know, there's yeah. turn around, don't drown. You know, there's just yeah. just raining cats and dogs, and and you just, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Yeah. But um, you can do what you know you can do by playing that that show just as you would if if it was you know the best of circumstances. You know, you play. Um, you know, say to the five people that if, were, if they were to show up, you play the same exact way that you would if it was 500 or 5,000. Yeah. I think um, we, we've always felt like if it's not um, a huge show, it's never, it's not an opportunity for us to kind of slack on anything. If anything, it's an opportunity for us to, to play our very, very best because yeah. those, you know, X amount of people that are there will be the ones who are going to say man I caught this band I'm glad I went out there and you know what I almost you know hydroplane on the on the on the right there but I'm glad I made it safe yeah, and I was able to see them and now yeah. those people if if they're you know if they so choose to they can buy some merch they can buy some CDs buy an album an album um take it with them and they are there to tell those people who couldn't make it that time about you know hey guys we need to check this out these guys out the next time we play so we'll yeah. seek them out and and that's where, like to that point that you made there, is that you you I feel like you just have to play that yeah. that show, with, if it's that show. Like you yeah. don't look forward to any other ones. You you don't look back at any ones that you might have had. Day at a time. You, you play that one show as if you know that's it. If that's it. You know? Yeah. And uh, and you, and they. I think that's how you really connect with your, your. You hope that you connect with the audiences that they feel that you're playing to them, not. Um, not playing for, you know, anything that's. Well, it's almost for, getting over an ego. It, it is in a lot of ways. You know, you yeah. you you, you kind of have to, man. You kind of have to find a it's spot. An ego check. Yeah, you find <laughs> your, you find yourself, and yeah, kind of getting lost in what you're doing. But yeah. um, in a, in a lot of ways, you're making it so it's worth the effort for, right. that they've made yeah. to be there. Right, you know, so. and I think that's. That's one of the things. That's actually the reason why the Morning Owls are going to be playing right after us. They played on our show at Jack's not too long ago, and there wasn't very many people in the crowd. Uh, I, I, I can't remember if it was raining. I can't remember if it was one of those turnaround, don't drown situations. I don't believe so. I think it was pretty clear, but I think it was on a Thursday. So, I mean, that we can talk about as well. Uh, but when they took the stage, they interacted with the audience. They got the audience to come on stage and join them to sing and perform. They made it a, a cohesive thing and not many bands do that i've seen bands go up when there's five people in the crowd or they're playing to the 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 bar and they're just you can tell they're just not feeling it and those are great points that you just have to get over that and reach out and grab who you can grab and get a hold of them and get in their ears get in their hearts and i think that's that's a we're we're jumping way ahead but i think that's one of the things to do you know in case of emergency (laughs) Connect, right? And not that you're not supposed to connect any other time, but I think that's a, that's a pretty good way to do things. Uh, and the Morning Owls did a phenomenal job at that. Um, one of the other things I kind of wanted to mention, going back to Cover Price, uh, right before you got here, we were talking about the the meme that started it all about Cover Price. There have been shows where it's completely free. 
and nobody shows up. There have been shows where it's $5, decent amount of people show up, or not, or it's $10. Either way, you're going to hear people possibly gripe on Facebook or Twitter, like, oh, how much is the cover? $10. That's pretty steep. And as a, as a music lover and, and everything that I'm involved with, like, I, 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 I don't... People know me not to go crazy on Facebook about anything. I don't, I don't share extremely strong appearance, uh, feelings about anything, but I always have to bite my tongue when I see that because what people that are going to check out live music may or may not realize, you guys didn't start playing your instruments a week before you found, formed the band. No. Right. right. No. You guys That's correct. don't only, like the stage isn't practice, right? Right. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean speaking from where from where we're at i mean we you practice we, a lot there's a lot of practice involved uh we we have a now we've been we lucky where we got to a place where we uh were able to build uh, a practice house it specifically has our equipments there so that mm-hmm. when, you know any given time we can get together and we'll practice for for a few hours and we'll or in if it's other than our normal practice uh, day right. that we have scheduled for all of us, I mean, we all work around also our own entire lives for yeah. the practice for the for the project that we're trying to put out put out there and, on stage. And you paid to build a, a room, right? Right. And, so and money went into that. Money went into your instruments. Oh, of course. Of money course. went into time is money. So it took time to learn your instruments. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. To me, it's heartbreaking when people are like, "Ah, oh, ten dollar cover. That's kind of steep." And and then they show up for the five dollar cover shows and they drink thirty dollars worth of alcohol. Right. It seems semi inequitable. I don't know. What are your thoughts as far as cover? What's like? Is there a sweet spot for how much cover should be? Well, we don't. I mean, right now what we're shooting to do is just play in front of people. So the cover part isn't as critical to us as yet. the exposure. Um, yeah, we we've already as a band that we formed and played with these. You know, because we got some pretty formidable musicians playing with us, and you know, the first thing we shared with the group is, okay, there's no money. Be, you know, be just be prepared. This isn't about money. It's about. I think that's the first you, condition. If you of love the band. album, and I'm very fortunate because um, I wrote the whole album. Kenny wrote um, a few pieces on the album, and um, it's a collaboration between the two of us primarily. But mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to have this group of live musicians that are into the album want to play it knowing there's no money because there yeah. there really isn't anything and you know if we were to get you know like the gary shows we got a cheeseburger at the phoenix so that was our payment and i ate hey. the cheeseburger so that was that was, was given it, to it, us it was a really good yeah. cheeseburger it was a great cheeseburger actually that might be worth ten dollars um, right. that's, that's ten dollars of cheeseburger that's worth right weight, definitely that was that was a good cheeseburger but um so we're the cover thing for us i would trade no cover for 50 plus people listening to the music. All right, um, that's fair. That, that's what I would do, just because we're not in a position where we want to play that frequently. Mm-hmm. We want to do kind of, you know, every six weeks or seven weeks, that kind of stretch, um, and, you know, really want to do it for the sake of the music, because, yeah. you know, that's, we're, we're not trying, we're not young and, you know, trying to conquer San Antonio live scene. We're, we just want to get out there and play because we love the album and right. the other albums that we're working on, so... Um, I could I could trade cover for participation. Eddie, how do you feel about cover? Is there a sweet spot that Rumors has enjoyed, or is it <laughs> is it more so up to the venue? I'm sure, probably, um, right? M- well, mostly uh, uh, like when we're like dealing like with cover, um, it's, it's mostly going to be um, like 
like based on the venue. Um, mm-hmm. Like obviously, like if you're gonna pl- be playing like a high tones, <laughs> you know, um, you're, like three, uh, three dollar cover, I think. <laughs> yeah, three dollar cover, and, and, and uh, you know, and, and that's their place. You know that uh, uh, you know they like to keep it that way, and, and that's yeah. fine. Um, but um, I think that you know, the, when it comes to like, I think cover, um, uh, the thing they get to factor in is uh, you know is um, like how much. Um, does it take, you know, to you know to keep the venue open? That, that's yeah. that, that's uh, you know that's that, that's one of the things that really comes to mind with us. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, some, I mean, sometimes you know, when it, if it has to take, you know, to, to charge like ten bucks or, or twelve bucks, you know, it, it has to happen. Um, and is there a different pressure with that? Like, do you, as a band, do you feel like, oh man, they they set the cover pretty high. We need to. We need to push for that, or we need to mm-hmm. get as many people in as possible. Or do you treat every show pretty much equally? Um, well, um, I think when it comes, uh, you know, uh, uh, to like a uh, like a steep cover, um, you know, we we do have to try to push like uh, 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 a little bit harder. Um, that's mostly um, like our CD releases. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we usually do it like that. Yeah. Um, primarily because you know there's there's other stuff that's going to be there, like you know, like other CDs and and other merch. Um, and uh, you know, I think uh, like for those, you, you know, I think you, you know, I think you have to spread uh, like spread your shows out and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, t- put in the extra time to to be able to promote. Um, yeah. And rumors is pretty aggressive when it comes to promotion. You guys are all over the, like not aggressive in a bad way, like yeah. you know the creepy uncle kind of way, but like aggressive. No, in, we're not like, that way at all. No. <laughs> in like you've got the Instagram going, you've got the Twitter going, you've got mm-hmm. contests going, you've got. You guys had Kickstarter, I think, or an Indiegogo. Yeah. yeah. You know, you you guys tap into all of those different resources, and, and you're seen. What we do as well uh, is, that, you know, we also make flyers. Even, you know, yeah. I, I know that's kind of dinosaur um, uh, as far as promoting, but actually, you know, w- with us, we find out that that, that still works. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I know. I, that's, true. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, Blackbird Sing, I got to say, you guys have some of the best flyers. You know, and, and I, we attribute that really is the luck of the job for us is that our yeah. lead singer is also, uh, he has his own graphic design company. Right. So we, oh, yeah, we luck out. Too, yeah. We luck out with that because he's designs, I mean, he, he the stuff he designs for us is for, for fun, really. Yeah. And, yeah. and the right. stuff that he does for work, I mean, he's designing for huge companies and, and for even for local, uh, for those maybe companies aren't local. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has a business that, you know, that he does for that, uh, yeah. on that avenue. Right. But when it's time for a show or, or what we, we like to really classify it as an event, you know, in a way where mm-hmm. um, we're not really into the, uh, we know, <laughs> not, only, not only just because we're older, but I mean, we know we're not going to play, uh, you know, every week. We're not going to play maybe not even every month. Yeah. Um, we, right. we classify what we do as more of let's make this next show the next event that we're putting on mm-hmm. and that we hope people will go and, and, and enjoy with us. Right. Um, we maybe play once every two months, uh, at, you know, and sometimes more than that, especially if we're getting some new music together, things like that. Um, but we'll play events, you know, like we've been really lucky to have played at the uh, Fiesta Kickoff shows we played at the Museum of Art. Okay. Uh, the past three four years, yeah. um, now those things they're they're uh, free events in a, in, in a sense yeah. where there's yeah. not necessarily a cover, but it's just the you know what you pay to get into the museum, right. uh, which normally would on any other day of the week, 
uh, you pay for the admission and you go see get a free show in the back uh, right. and they have food and things like that and, and like I said for an event like Fiesta I mean people are going to usually go because they want to enjoy that part as well um, when we have our, our normally uh, scheduled shows you know we um, we're at a place now where we actually there's tickets involved yeah. and sometimes that is a little bit of an added pressure because you want to be able to you know get those tickets out you know mm -hmm. that you want the venue to see that you're pushing those um, whether it's pre-sale or whether it's at the door right I mean, I mean especially yeah. with, the, with even the pre-sale that we have uh, for a lot of our events is that we'll be we'll take uh, a X amount of tickets you know mm -hmm. pre to pre-sale and and we'll be pushing those out right, right. along with the pre-sale tickets they have you can go online to buy for the venue um, so there is a little bit of pressure in that sense that we mm -hmm. really want it to be worth it for not only ourselves, but especially for the venue who, you know, has us on and gives us that time, gives mm -hmm. us that day uh, to put on a show that we hope will be beneficial all the way through. Because, right. you know, part of it is they have to run their business. And I feel like what we have to do is approach what we're doing it's incredibly fun and we love the part where we get to be on stage and play music for for anyone who listened but it's serious fun in a way that you you kind of in a way have to make it a business um yeah. that's where, where our approach to it has always been where i mean yes it's great to also have people go but we would love to have a show that was you know x amount of people that maybe didn't pay we love to have those times where we can do that, where we'd love okay. to have a venue say, hey, it's a free, free cover as long as they're showing up and, you know, we're making it a great night. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have been really lucky, I think, to be able to have those type of events um, and, the, and then the kinds where we're having to sell tickets for and, and, you know, if we're selling out a venue, then it's great. And it's, again, that's totally... Um, something that is we still feel like is is kind of the, the luck of the draw for that yeah. particular show. Yeah. It happened, and that's awesome. Um, yeah. But it's, it's really tough to say there's a sweet spot because you know there's going to be times where people are like it's five bucks. Are you kidding me? You know, and then, <laughs> and then there's right. some like oh yeah, I mean I'll pay fifteen bucks. Uh, yeah. let, me, let me get four tickets. Yeah. So you know it's it's luck of the draw. I think sometimes, and I think yeah. what. What I feel like is most important about that is, is um, the concentration that, that we have for it is that we're not specifically looking to play every week, every month, right. but we're making that next show. If it is once, uh, you know, if it's a show in January, we know we're not going to play again until, you know, Till the end of you know yeah. April, you don't want to oversaturate we're not gonna, that. Yeah, we're not going to oversaturate venue. it, exactly. especially yeah. as a local, it's local outfit. You know, there's you in a way have to not you're not tricking anybody, but in a way you mm -hmm. you kind of want it to be where people will say, hey, you know what, hey, they're going to be playing, you know, next week, they're gonna playing next month. Let's go check them out. As opposed to, uh, well, they're going to play again next week, so w we won't worry about yeah. going today. Right. We'll go next time. That makes because sense. Because it you oversaturate in a way where they will always put it off to uh -huh. the next time. Right. Yeah. And then right. for that show, that that's one less 
you know, butt in the seat or take a hit feet, there. feet on the yeah. floor. Um, and that, that I think is important. I yeah. think it's important. And I, th- I think really, I think the bottom line is that um, if, if you don't put like any value, I mean, into what you're doing, the people, the people won't see you uh, as, as having any value. Um, that's, that's kind of thing I mean that I've learned um, because you know when you put in so much time and, and put effort, you put your energy, you, and you put your passion uh, in it. Uh, you, know, you know, and then like well, people, I mean like well, I like we'll see it. You know, you know, they will, you know, they will eventually be like, yeah, okay, hey, you know, it's no problem to you know to, to spend this much to go see you. So, right. so really, you know, if you do not put in that much in there because because uh, all that pertains to to, uh, to value mm-hmm. um, and if you don't put in that value in there how do you expect them to to think that you right. have any value to value yeah so, exactly you know well and that's that's something that uh, I, I think every band locally uh, kind of has to deal with you know and I think that's something that's that definitely brings up conversations we've got about. 10 to 15 minutes left. Okay. We're going to kind of rapid fire a little bit on the last portion. Um, some of the other things that we had talked about in that Facebook discussion was venue location. Uh, I hear it all the time. Like, I go to Jack's because it's near me, and I hear from everybody else I know. They're like, oh, Jack's is pretty far for me. Mm. Um, and I, like, 502 is good, Zombies is good, and Jack's for me, those are prime locations. Get me downtown, it's going to be, it's going to be rough, but if I'm there for the music, I'm going to go see it, and yeah. There's different expectations with different venues as well. You go to Corova, you may have to pay for parking depending on where you go. Some people just don't know how the parking situation is, and they end up paying $20 if they go across the street. Do you guys think that venue location definitely plays a part or a little part or no part at all? Well, I, w- I would imagine it plays a part um, in the local crowd and you know people that just kind of frequent the location. Mm-hmm. I think when you invite folks... Um, you know, and you have a crowd that's following you based on being a fan of the music. Uh, I would say probably within the city, it shouldn't be too much of a hurdle. But um, we went to four cities with Gary, and so that created that extreme example of you know having to draw from each city um, based right. on the promotion rather than anyone following locally or being in the proximity of somebody's house. So, um, you know, I think for me, the venues speak more towards um, what the the folks that show up what their expectation is so downtown for some reason rings you know party time and we need to be entertained and it's you know rather than something like this where i can see people coming here to see what the art is like see what the music's like a little bit more open-minded and i'm just guessing because i you know um when i think of downtown that's what i think it's like tourists and people are down there partying and if the music's not connecting in some sort of familiar way right you don't get the same reaction um, so places like Jack's and, and here seem more conducive to original artists and people that are doing stuff that's a little bit more, um, you know, from the heart, you know, doing art. Right. As opposed to downtown, which I'm guessing, again, I don't know, but I'm guessing is like hit covers, hit what's popular, get people because they're partying, get them, keep them excited so you can draw the crowds downtown. And to me, that's a whole different kind of pressure. Yeah, that's true. And I think that... Uh I think that brings up a good point. I mean, the the venue obviously has its vibe, the things that it plays to. It's, venues are kind of like local musicians in that way. You're, you're not going to hear Blackbird sing at Zombies, probably. Probably, probably not. not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but, but you know, and but at the same time, we're we're also not opposed 
to any to anything really because we we also feel like you uh in, in a lot of ways like i said playing downtown too you you kind of have to be able to uh redirect uh mm-hmm. you know with what you're doing what you're putting out there because if you're playing to a crowd that is um, almost ready-made in the sense that there's already going to be a lot of regulars. There's going to be a lot of tourists. Um, if there is a part of your repertoire, I guess, uh, what you have in your library that calls for more covers or there's more right. um, familiar music for people that are going to be enjoying it regardless, you know, um, yeah. then you, you sometimes you, you can adapt to that. Um, if you're specifically playing someplace that is for original music, for you know, 100% the art, then of course, and you want to put your best foot forward with your original music. Um, and, and with places like this, I mean, it sounds amazing, and, and that is a huge thing for a lot of people because they want to be somewhere that is inviting. Uh, when they're, especially if they're there to see the music, yeah. you know, they're here, to, they're yeah. there to hear the music and 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 then tap into that art. They want to hear everything. Yeah. And, that, and even for those, especially those who don't discern the music very well, and if they're not musicians themselves, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot of the mistakes that they're going to be able to tap yeah. into. But um, or, or but if you know, there's there's going to be times where things are going to happen. But um, you know, no matter what, if it's you know, if it's a great venue, um, those people that came to see you there, you know, it, it's probably going to be a place they're going to return to. Right. You know, not right. only that venue, but, you know, if they know that you normally play at places that are up to that level, then they're going to also follow your band to see you at those places. Right. I mean, Absolutely. so, yeah, I mean, a venue, of course, the location is a big deal. And I'm sure on the business side of it, they can probably tell you better um, mm-hmm. that it is huge for that uh, reason. But, you yeah. also have to be able to bring the people to that location, right? And and and, it, and that on our side is what we're trying to do, yeah. is to bring them not only to hear our music, to follow where we're going, but also to the venues um, that respectively each one. And thank you for bringing me to the next point. The next thing on the, the list here is the venue's sound. Uh, first of all, huge shout out to Joey Divine, uh, the guy that runs the sound here at Five Hundred Two. Uh, huge hand. Yeah, it's always a great sounding. So, um, Joey. Joey's always got it sounding awesome in here, and uh, we were we were privileged to be able to throw a 210 for Toys for Tots event here a couple of years ago, and outstanding sound. Uh, cool. And that's one of the things that you know I, I kind of wanted to highlight specifically here with the 502. The sound is amazing. Bands, I've never heard a band say the 502. Eh, I don't want to play there. They're always like, we want to get into the 502, or we've played there. We want to play there again. It's fun. It we sound great there. They make us sound great. Uh, there's built-in audience. I think one of the hurdles, well, actually, all of the hurdles that we've talked about so far, like to be honest, not to not to placate our hosts, but here there's something special. They've right. got it. They've got it going on. They've got some mm-hmm. things cornered here. They've got a lot of the the solutions to some of the issues that we talked about. Right. Um, I'd, say, I'd say just to, on just piggyback on that is not only um, as a local artist, you're you're you know. Mm-hmm you get to play a place like this, 502, it's, it's always been great every time we've played here as well. But we, those of us who have the ability or we, we have ties into, you know, bands that travel around more, the regional acts, uh, mm-hmm. lar- larger, maybe just not local, um, that we would even want to help um, in the sense that we would be 
um, an opener, let's say even for a, a regional act, right. they sometimes will get uh, somebody to reach out to us. They're, uh, they're about to go on tour. They want to know of a really good place to play at. And they'll ask us, hey, if you guys um, would love, we would love for you all to open up or help us out and, and vice versa. And they will go play with them somewhere else, you know. But a lot of times they'll ask local musicians mm -hmm. where would be a good spot for them to play at. And you want to be able to have some place in your back pocket, you know, that you can say, hey, you know what, you yeah. should reach out to the guys at Papa 2, reach yeah. out to Sam's Burger Joint, reach out to, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Whatever their yeah. genre is, what they're looking for, yeah. you, you would love to have an answer for them. Because not mm -hmm. only, of course, the local scene, we're trying to cultivate that, but it is ultimately also going to help if you have a show come through and you're helping them out by mm -hmm. uh by supporting them opening up for their their regional or national act whatever it is um because their fans that they're already going to have may find you here right. as well for mm -hmm. the first time and then they are local they live here and then they'll come watch your band absolutely mm -hmm. right in, in a lot of ways it, you know being able to have a venue in mind yeah. you know is is a lot is really helpful yeah really helpful. yeah um and uh, I mean, we get those. Uh, I mean, messages. I mean, like all the time about about wanting to play a 502 in Limelight um, from bands out of town. Um, and what's really important um, is even if you're not going to be able to play with them, um, if you can help them, like I mean, guide. I mean, guide them. You know, to you know, uh, to people that do book. Um, and also, well, hey, uh, you know, these guys can help you out, and and, and uh, you know, these guys will probably get you uh, possibly something better. Um, by doing that, like it, like, like it helps you out a lot. Um, yeah. ma you know, mainly because, like, you know, I mean, like, if you, you know, are, are going to be playing like out of town, they might get you a show. You know, e e even though you didn't show get, swaps, yeah. yeah. Even though, even if you didn't get them a show here, I mean, I mean, just the fact that you helped them, you know, um, look uh, for other options, um, that, uh, I mean, that, 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 uh, you know, that gets them. I mean, like in their mind, hmm, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is somebody. I mean, that we can work with. Right. Um, because you know they're they're not in it, you know they're not really in it for themselves. You know they you know they want to make sure that you know, bands that are going to be coming through um, in, uh, are going to have the best experience as possible uh, with San Antonio. And yeah. and by doing that, they they also you know they they're like okay, well you, you gave us this this great experience. We want to give the you know, we want to give it back to you. Yeah. So that, so 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 that's, uh, so that's every, a great point. Yeah. So every little detail uh, like helps out a long way. So, so far I'm hearing community, support, mm -hmm. um, internal community of musicians. Right. I'm hearing it's got to be treated as a business. So it's not, it's not, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, you kind of touched on something that I really want to go into in depth in the short amount of time we have left. Okay. Uh, support, specifically. I want to give a shout out to some organizations locally that may or may not be well known by other musicians, but uh, that I've been involved with or know people at or see that they're out there and they're they're helping. Uh, local 782, local musicians union, uh, music project, as well. And I'm going to be real brief on this, so I'm not going to give links or anything like that. But we'll put it. I'll put it up on Facebook afterwards. The San Antonio Local Music Guild, which is newer. San Antonio Soundgarden, which actually is kind of like now that now that I've gotten to meet uh, one of the organizers for it, realize that it's kind of what we're doing. We have a discussion about something, but they've got that extra added ability because they're reaching out to 
politicians. They're le- mm. reaching out to the people that can make that difference. Mm-hmm. So if you just didn't say, we're not getting enough promotion or we need help with this or we need help with that, it's their, their responsibility to kind of connect people that can help out with that with the people that need the help. Uh, so huge shout out to them. They just started very recently. Uh, and then, of course, Do210, primarily as a promoter, I was uh, I was sitting back in the back right before the show, and I was re- remembering, oh, man, I forgot to add this to the calendar. And the girls at Do210, uh, they already did it. It was already in the calendar. So bands that put their stuff out, oh, yeah. Do210.com, yeah. they are really great with their calendar. Um, and also something else that's kind of coming up as a newer art form – Podcast, for example, what we're doing here mm-hmm. uh, with the live cast. This is going to be broadcast on my 210localmedia.com website. It's going to be put out as a podcast on iTunes as well. Um, other podcasts in the scene, Owlcast by the Morning Owls. Okay. Uh, they've just recently gotten started with that. Texas Music Spotlight, uh, who, all right, <laughs> who has been doing some great stuff as well. Okay. Also, we're all kind of doing the same, either same idea or in the same vein. Uh, Vinyl Pizza, another one that's come up. That's they've done some local, but they focus regionally and globally as well. Uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned, two ten local media. Uh, what we do, um, kind of expanding on the podcasting really quickly because we've only got a couple minutes left. Because I'm really, I think it's important that musicians find resources. I know we all have a limited amount of time. Our time is is spent with family, friends. You know, life in general, and so music sometimes takes a back seat until we, you know, we have to shove that practice in. Or hey, when are we practicing? Monday? No, Monday's not good for me. What about Tuesday? No, no, I can't do that. Next week? Yeah, let's shoot for next week. In that time that we can't do that, that we can't get practice done, podcasts that are out there specifically for musicians, the Marketing Musician Podcast, Ren Man Live, Music Money and Life. Music Business Worldwide, Musician Monster Podcast, Music Marketing Manifesto, Bands Beyond Labels, DIY, DIY Musician Podcast, and Song Exploder. There's basically there's tons. So for the musicians that are tuning in, and this is primarily a musician's roundtable, for the musicians that are tuning in, there's lots of support out there. Point is, reach out, grab that information, treat it like a business. Um, these guys either have succeeded in one way, shape, or form, or another, have gone through trials and tribulations in one way, shape, or form, or another, but it's a learning process. And I think we've all kind of agreed those major points that we made, community, support, organization, education, and treating it like a business. I think those are the keys on getting this scene thriving. I mean, it is. There's lots of stuff out here, but... There needs to be more cohesiveness, and I think with all of that and with these groups locally that are helping out with that, I think that we're, the scene is on to something. It just needs to grow. And I'm super happy to have you guys all up here on stage with me. That's something, this is a brand new thing for us, and uh, definitely not the last. We're already working on the next one. Um, but real quick before we go out, where can we find each of your projects, bands, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, real quick for links? We'll start with Danny. Uh, you can find us uh, again on uh, blackbirdscene.com for, uh, for our, and that'll connect you with our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. Uh, you can find us, that's probably the best place I'd say to go. You can find us also on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, all those avenues as well. Um, and locally, we'll, we'll be here, I, I think we'll be uh, in July starting up again. We took a little bit of time off with one of our 
my brother, uh, one of the band members had a little baby boy, so taking right. some off for that for family. And um, but we'll, we'll be back at it in July somewhere somewhere downtown actually. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna see where that, where that take where that takes us flying down there. Um, but yeah, well, that's where you can find Blackbird Sing. All right, Patrick. And Kenny's home address is four seventh. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. Um, no, built for the future. You can find on all the um, retailers online as well. Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp is kind of our headquarters. We have a Facebook page. Um, and we have Twitter accounts. Um, feel free to join the Facebook group. Follow along. We're working on our second album. We've got label interest over in Europe. So hopefully, cool things will happen um, as we progress. Okay, um, and <clears throat> um, like our website is currently like being built. Um, That's so, good. That's yeah, good. That's so, promising. So, so, so we can't necessarily plug that. Um, but you can find rumors uh, without the vowels. By the way, it's R M R S. So um, because vowels are disgusting. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, new. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but but yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Um, we're also on Spotify and on Pantor and Pandora, iTunes. Yeah. So everywhere and, and, and even on TouchTunes now, right? At some at some uh, venues that have TouchTunes. Yeah, th yeah. I think uh, I think All in Time is still on the TouchTunes uh, uh, jukeboxes. So right. so look for it and play it. And I didn't get to get uh, rumors, links, and everything put up because we were expecting Jason from Hydro Melody, but I'll be throwing those links up. Keep an eye on our Facebook page, Twitter page, everything. We're going to update all on this and then the, uh, the podcast version of this. If you want to listen to it again, specifically for resources and stuff, ideas, what we were discussing, we're going to be on iTunes. So thank you guys for showing up. Uh, a big applause for you for, for being here because this is part of what makes the scene. This can't exist without that, so thank you. And thank you, 502 Bar. Thank you very much, Joey. Thank you. <laughs>